her production, she put on for a giant. Hey, that's the rest of 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 the Hello, you guys. We are back with the Bremore Productions podcast, and I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Candice, and today we are going to talk about the toxic black family. And not only will we be talking about the toxic black family and the conditions and the generational curses and all that stuff, but we will also be providing solutions how we can break the generation curses and have these type of conversations with our folk because it's getting harder by the day. And uh, <laughs> and we are fed the fuck up. So, yeah. Um, Candice, thank you so much for, you know, lending your voice. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I know the last time you was here, did we do the podcast episode or no? Nah? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, 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 we did. And then after the podcast episode, we talked for another two hours. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I got to I gotta bring you back. <laughs> you got to be like one of my consistent hosts. I got you. Like, hey, Brie, we should talk about this. And I'm like, hey, pull up. Let's talk about it. So I wanted to talk about the, the toxic black family because I said something on, um, I think I posted something on Facebook about depression and I was like, we need to stop doing this. So there's a meme going around. Right. And this it's this guy and he's like standing next to a sink. And the meme says black people, the black family would say, no, the meme says you tell your black mom I am depressed and she'll tell you take your depressed ass in that kitchen and wash them dishes. Yeah. And I'm like, we need to stop doing this shit. Like, stop. Especially when it comes to depression. Because when somebody in the midst of depression, I think it's best to either step away from them or learn ways to, like, sue them to help them be, uh, come out of it. Because if you are, like, provoking that person, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's only going to get worse. And then that person going to suppress depression. And then next thing you know, they fight on their family and friends and shit. So I definitely feel like we need to stop doing this shit. And I think maybe that's what happened to the old heads. They never, I feel like to some degree, they never got an opportunity to have any kind of license to depression. Like, that's for white folks. White folks be depressed. We're not depressed. We're too strong for that. And mm. Since when? Yeah. Because depression is real. In, in so many forms and it manifests in so many different ways and I, I think we're just now kind of realizing or giving ourselves permission to say yes I'm having these same experiences and and just the more we understand about depression we can say okay I identify with these feelings I'm having these uh, emotions around whatever event and it's depression, whether you can, a lot of times you can, you can feel it coming on. Yeah. Whether you've had like a clinical diagnosis or not. Yeah. Um, I think my first experience with depression was after I had my baby, like postpartum depression. And I didn't think that stuff was real at all until it hit. 
all of a sudden after like two weeks. And I was I went back for like a follow up and they're like, oh, OK, we're just going to give you this evaluation to make sure you're not depressed, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you're not addicted to yourself or your baby. And I'm like, OK, whatever. And I scored so low that my doctor would let me go back to work. She was like, no, no. Matter of fact, we need to get you a therapist like ASAP and you're going to probably need some pills. Mm. And I was like, oh, how am I supposed to? explain this to somebody and I remember um you know she was like you know your body's going to go through changes while you're adjusting to this medication um it's going to be like six weeks before the effects start to really kind of mellow out and settle and I had like a trip plan with my mom and I remember um there were like nights and I would just kind of not be in like a good headspace and so this was like the first I was like I know I'm gonna have to tell my mom that I'm taking this medicine and what it's for and I was like, she going to flip. She going to give me that whole, you know, why are you on this medicine? You're not depressed or whatever. And I remember telling her, you know, hey, this is what's been going on. I'm taking this medicine for this now. And she's like, and I thought she was going like, to lose it. And she was just like, thank you for telling me. I did, I'd never had that experience, but she gave me an opportunity to just kind of talk through yeah. what was going on. And I don't think the conversation would have been the same like with her and her mom. Yes. As loving as my grandmother was. Yes. I know that conversation would have been totally different. So, and it's just, I guess it's the more you know. Yeah. And the more you see it. I'm glad you said that because the dynamic of the relationship I have with my mother compared to the relationship that she had with her mother mm-hmm. is two different things. Like with my mom, she's my biggest cheerleader when it comes to Shout entrepreneur. To Thank you so much. Thank you. She's she's amazing. When it comes to entrepreneurship, she's like my biggest cheerleader. Like, no, you need to focus on Bremore Productions. You're doing a great job. Continue to build your empire. I feel like if my grandmother was my mom, it it would be get a real job. Mm-hmm. And she still tell me that shit <laughs> to this day. She still say she don't even know. Honestly, she don't look like she cannot wrap her head around what I do. It's, it's like, okay, you know, Bree, you got some money. Bree, is everything okay over there? And I'm like, yeah, I'm hey, Bri, good. Bree, go get a job. Bree, go get like- a job. And now that's real shit though. Like when when my car got repoed, that's the first thing she told me. Okay, it's time for you to get a real job. Like, why are you still doing that if it's not benefiting you in in any financial mm-hmm. way? And I'm like, because it is and it will. And her and my mom clash a lot when it comes to me because she just can't she just can't fathom. Like she just it cannot she cannot tap into it. And I feel like. I think that's what a lot of us go through is like we're not around people that are trying to understand what is going th- going on in this new generation. Mm-hmm. They're not flexible with anything, like nothing, nothing. And it's to me, that's pathetic. Like, where's the, the real growth? Yeah, you're getting older, but you're getting older physically. But are you are you really working out those brain muscles? Mm-hmm. Why? I think I guess lack of mindset shift. If you think about, you know, 
our grandparents and great grandparents what success looked like for them yeah. and how to get it is your success always depended on the opportunity that someone else gave you. Mm. And our generation largely, I think, is the first to just kind of challenge that and say, no, it's a whole nother way to do this. I can create opportunities for myself. Yeah. And for my kids and my kids' kids, kids. Um, and I don't, they never saw that, so they don't understand it. That's true. I always tell people that the recession was like the one of the best things to happen to our generation. And people are always like, how? How you figure? And for the first time, we saw our parents struggle because, you know, 80s, 90s, for the most part, they was pretty cushy. And then you kind of saw that decline, whether it was like layoffs, they were out of work, and their next move was go get another job, go work for somebody, go get another job. And if they couldn't, that was it. Like no success. That So that was the only way to be. And so you started seeing people saying, you know what? I can get out here and get this for myself. Whether it was like, turning a side hustle into some real money because that's just what you have to do to pay these bills. I'm going to have to go do Keisha hair. I'm going to um, braid all her kids hair or whatever for, you know, 10, $15 a head, whatever, the, whatever the cost was. And that's just what you did. And then they were like, you know what? This is kind of working. Right. And so they picked up on skills that they didn't have before. Yeah. Now, when these jobs came back up, they was like, forget this hair braid. And I'm going back to, <laughs> I'm going back to my 401k. I need my benefits back. And then with us, you know, I, I can kind of see it happening again. You know, we're just like, you know what? This nine to five ain't working. Yeah. You know, I'm, I ain't going to be out here getting it for $10 an hour, $15 an hour. I can go set my own prices. I can go set my own hours. And. They kind of, a lot of us don't have a fallback plan. You know, I hear you say all the time, like, ain't no plan B. Like, this is it. And they were still kind of waiting on that plan B to come back. And we're like, you know what? No. No, I'm okay with plan A. Like, I'm going I'm to make this happen. And, and they kind of forget, I think, the older generations kind of forget, like, what they really made of. Mm-hmm. And we out here sticking it out. We're going to see I'm definitely going to stick it out. I actually got that quote from Will Smith, which is a very, very smart man. And he said something like that. He was like, I'm just going to stick to my plan A, because if I have a plan B, I'm not going to work towards plan A. Like, I'm not going to give it the same energy, what it deserves. I'm not going to work as hard. I'm just going to be like, oh, I can always fall back on this. And I think about that all the time, like, you ain't got no other options. But I set myself up for that because I don't need no other options. Mm -hmm. I don't want no other options because I am a firm believer that, you know, I think it's time for us to own some shit. Like, this is deeper than me. Mm -hmm. And this is deeper than my immediate family. This is for us forever, like the entire group of you know, black people, like we need our own platforms. We need to tell our own stories. We need to be people. Like, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about depression. Because I feel like, you know, we know 
1619, we were property. Mm -hmm. It's been documented that we were property. We wasn't humans. It's like, this is my property. I'm going to sell it. Is uh. This slave is gonna work on your plantation for six months, and then it's gonna come back to my plantation. It was a we were it. We were this, mm -hmm. and I think, I think that mindset actually transformed into how we view ourselves, and we didn't even know it. If you're being called property, you're gonna act mm -hmm. as such yeah. as property, and when you become free, you like, well, I'm property. I don't know how to be human. I don't know how to you know, transition to having my own house, having my own land, having my own business, mm -hmm. because I'm used to being that cotton gin. And I think that mentality was transformed into what we see now. Like, not necessarily, um, it's not as great as it used to be. Because I, like I told you on, uh, on Facebook, I think y'all could talk as much shit about our generation if you want to. But I really feel like we are open-minded to therapy, entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. ownership, you know, not having car notes and shit. Like, actually, depending on ourselves. And I think the old heads are just like, y'all rebels and y'all need to do this. And y'all need and like, no, we don't have to do that. Even when it comes to relationships. And I think that unwillingness to just kind of accept or even consider a new perspective is like the root of that mm -hmm. toxicity and that's where it starts and I think we're the you know our generation is the first to be like you know what I don't care how we did it before I'm sick of that shit like we gotta do something different. it didn't work we gotta do something different yeah clearly didn't work so I could at least try something different like the worst that could happen is it don't work again right but I mean, for me, so far, so good. Yeah. Um. Just, just a whole, just shift in mindset. I, I see it in like you know, relationships. Like I was telling you, you know, just about like my relationship with my mother-in-law, and you know, just. <sighs> I remember, I remember, one time in particular, it was just like that one just thing. Uh, and she had been out of town and she came home and was just like flipping on everybody in like the worst way and I was and I had never seen that before and I was just like the fuck y'all just gonna let her talk to y'all like that and I was just like man that's just mom you know she I mean she be oh my she, gosh I hate that so much that's just how she is I hate that. That's just who she is. That's just she ain't gonna be there with me. And they was like, okay. I mean, I don't know what that's gonna change, but me and her had to sit down and we had to have like a real talk. Like, I know that's what you've always done, and that may be cool for them, but and what she really wanted, like her thing was, well, y'all know how I am. And y'all just going, if y'all love me, y'all will just accept that this is how I am. Uh-uh. Let's, let's take a short break. We got to give a shout out to our sponsors. And we're going to come back and we're going to really talk about this because this is my shit. We'll be right back. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's your girl, Sunshine Love, here with Bree Productions, giving you the latest with the events. 
I am having my very first solo art show on March 14th at For the Culture Studio in Dallas, Texas. Hosted by Breemore Productions, It's Always Sunny in Dallas is a cocktail tie event that will be filled with five different forms of art, all made by yours truly. Come out to support and show your love at this boudoir soiree. Tickets are on sale now at lovesunshine.com forward slash my events. Show starts at 7 p.m. Hope to see y'all there. Okay, you guys, we are back and we are here with Candace and we're talking about the toxic black family. So before we went on our break, Candace was talking about her situation and let's continue because this is what we need to talk about. This okay. is where it gets juicy. This is the fattening. This whole idea of that's just how I am. And that is like Black toxic trait number one. Yes, it is. In my book. That whole, uh, that's just how I am. You just don't accept me. If you know you, if you love me, if you my family, then you'll just understand it's just how I am. No. <laughs> I love me. <laughs> and for my sanity, I don't have to accept that. Right. I don't. And me and her had like a really, really long talk. And the way she understood it was like that just toxic behavior. She felt like that was self-care. And that's that's how she established her boundaries. But that's what she had always seen. And I was like, this isn't self-care. That's like this is self-preservation in like the most unhealthy form. It's not self-care at all. And. But that's what she had always seen. So she didn't know any other way to, you know. Self-care is not necessarily. And when I say self-care, I mean, that's how she protected herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you're protecting yourself by hurting others, Mm -hmm. is that really self-care? No. It's not self-care because eventually, as people should, hold you accountable Mm -hmm. for your actions. So now you're going to. Somebody gonna sit your ass down and tell you, yo, you need to check this. Mm-hmm. But this this is not okay. But I feel like a lot of our old heads don't necessarily get to experience that. Mm-hmm. And then when they do experience it, it's too late. They already set in their ways mm-hmm. and they're not willing to change. But to me, you're not only affecting yourself. But you also affecting the next generation mm-hmm. because now you got grandbabies walking around looking up to you and they are adapting your bad behavior and they thinking it's okay when it's not. And she did tell me, you know, later on, she was like, you are the first person to to check me and to call me out on that. Because she was like, you know, my family, they, you know, they've grown up. They just know that's how that's, that's just how I am. And she was like, you were the first person to say you know, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do, we're going to, our relationship is going to be totally different from that. Yeah. Like, if you feel like you need to do all that, it's not going to be with me. And from that, she was like, you know, okay. But I don't know any other way to be. And I remember her, I do remember her actually going to therapy and totally different. You know, she was really open to it. 
And, you know, the more she went, the more she learned about herself and they worked on strategies on, on just how to just kind of establish boundaries, healthy boundaries with people, how to communicate, you know, her needs better. And from that point on, our relationship has been like night and day. She's like a whole new person. That's awesome. I think that's important. And this is a solution. It's pretty much holding your your family accountable mm-hmm. for their actions. Mm-hmm. Like have those type of conversations with your your grandmothers mm-hmm. and your mothers and your fathers and be like, listen, like during my childhood, I didn't really have a voice. Mm-hmm. To vocalize, oh yeah, we definitely need to talk about childhood. But during childhood, you don't necessarily have a voice Mm -hmm. in in the black family Mm -hmm. because you looked upon as a child. Mm -hmm. You are inferior. Your emotions don't count. Your your space doesn't count. Is I'm providing this household for you. Mm -hmm. You do as I say, Uh and you shut the fuck up. Which I think is toxic as fuck. It is. You ever been in your white friend's house when you were younger? Yeah. Like, you just go, did you just tell your mama to wait a minute? Like, you'll be down in a second? Nah. I tell your mom, I'm not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not what I want to do. Or I'm too tired to do the dishes. Right. That wasn't even, the only time I got... I would, I, I would like to say, when it comes to my, my childhood, like... We had a voice. If we had an, an opinion about something or someone, my mama listened. Did she follow through with our opinion or, you know, make any changes? Nah. But at least we had the the conversations. You know, this is how I feel about this certain individual. I don't like him. I don't want him around. Mm-hmm. At least we had a stage. But I know a lot of people didn't have that. I didn't. Mm. absolutely no voice no opinion like what we say goes period that's it and that's the thing that gets on my nerves as a recent i be, I think it was about like five years ago and we was at thanksgiving dinner and you know when you know the grandmother is fixing plates she putting everything on the plate and a child of the family is saying i don't want that i don't eat that mm-hmm. And my grandmother is not listening mm-hmm. because she raised us. She fixed our plates. Whatever is on, on the plate, you eat. But when this child is telling her, I don't want that, I don't, you know, you're not grown. You're going to eat whatever is on this plate. But if this child is and telling they you like they don't like it and when they don't eat the shit, they, they get punished. Like they get punished because they're not eating perfect. that. But it's like. But if your dumbass would have never put the shit on the plate mm-hmm. in the first place, that wouldn't be in a conflict. And it's something as simple as that. And what's the big deal? What is the fucking big deal? What's the big deal? What is the big deal? And that's the thing that we need to realize that a lot of the shit that happens is really unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for a child to vocalize their traumas and they, their emotions and mm-hmm. their terror. It's okay with that because they just younger humans, to be honest. Sometimes can make (laughs) better decisions because they're not distracted by Mm -hmm. the bullshit. Mm -hmm. They're not distracted or they're not as as emotionally attached Mm -hmm. as an adult. So sometimes you need that child's perspective. But I feel like in the black community, children are looked upon as inferior. And if you look in history... You'll see that and you'll wonder like, damn, that person was only 13 years old and he was a king. Mm-hmm. 
or you know, Tupac died at 25 and he was already exploring mm-hmm. all this all this stuff. He actually lived a good life before the age of 25. Maybe that's because his mama gave him the freedom to express himself. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like we lack that in the black community. Like allow your kids even down to sports. If your son don't want to play football, that is okay. He shouldn't have to. No. If your child don't want to be a cheerleader. She don't want to be a cheerleader. She want to play basketball. That is okay. If your child don't want to hug a certain family member. Oh, let's talk about that. Because <laughs> Scooch, <laughs> baby, look, if she don't like you, if she has a bad feeling about somebody, she's she's very affectionate. And so when she when I'm like, hey, do you want to, you know, I don't force her to hug nobody. Scooch, do you want to give a high five? No, mommy. Okay. Period. So what made you have that type of relationship with your daughter? Um, Just kind of wanting to break the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, Deeper than that, I would say just the kind of access that people had mm. to us. Like, go hug so-and-so. You need to give, you know, so-and-so a hug. And, oh, they don't have to touch me. They don't. Like, I agree. I totally agree with that. And at first, I had to stop myself with my son because Ajani is the same way. If he don't fuck with you, he just doesn't mm-hmm. fuck with you. And I and I say, Ajani, you know, stop being rude, you know. And then I thought about it. I'm like, if I, he's not being rude. If I have those moments where I don't want to fuck with somebody because of bad vibes mm-hmm. and I just feel something about mm-hmm. you and my spirit is just saying, nah. Ajani have every right to do the same thing. Yeah, because as an adult, you're not obligated to hug everybody you meet, complete strangers. Hell no. Or even shake hands or or have any kind of like physical contact with somebody just because the people you rolled up with know them. Yeah. It sounds stupid to us to, you know, be expected to go hug everybody you meet, stranger or not. So why would we think that, you know, for our kids, it would be any different, you know, like she not rude, but if she don't want to, you know, give you a hug, if she don't want to high five you, she don't have to, she don't have to, that's it. Have you uh, encountered um, somebody older that tried to like stop that or, you know, pull you to the side and be like, hey, why your daughter is not? Mm, yeah, yeah, and it's definitely like older people like, you know. Why, why she mean like that? You need to break her from that. No. No. Maybe you should have established some boundaries. Shannon. <laughs> like. Because then that can create the fact that that's the reason why a lot of women nowadays don't necessarily know, like, what is happening when it comes to, you know, a man approaching them. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, like, growing up, I... It was okay to hug everybody. It was okay to sit on somebody's lap. It was okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women take that's that. Your that's your uncle. And the that's another thing, like, the secrets. Oh, I hate black secrets. They are deep. Oh, I And they are secrets. rooted. And they are toxic. And they are detrimental mm-hmm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we. I remember having like a big falling out with with some people close to me about that. You know, there was. I remember there being a situation. Um, you know, somebody. There was like an allegation of rape, mm. and the first thing that the older black women did was like protect the aggressor, like. I don't know why they saying that about him. He wouldn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Them girls lying. She just fast. She was fast. She asked for it. This girl is 12. Oh, hell no. Nah. 15. Mm-mm. 18. I don't care if she 40. Like, yeah. rather than say, I remember it like, going through the school district, doing like um, um, sexual harassment training and stuff like that. And it was like, always assume that the person telling you, hey, this happened to me, always assume they're telling the truth. If even if you feel like they might, there's a chance they might not be telling the truth. Always assume that they're telling the truth. And the rest, you know, you let, you let law enforcement, whoever, determine like what's true or, or or not but your job is to just believe them take them at their word how, growing up how many times did your mom or your grandmother police your clothes that's too tight that's too short or just you can't wear that it's too low um, y'all need to be uh, doing this doing all the time. That. Even now, even now, even now, as an adult, I find myself being like, I'm not gonna wear this mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. it's inappropriate. I remember asking my mother recently. I asked my dad too. I, I was I was talking to my mom, and I was you know we were talking about the same thing, and I remember telling her, you know, y'all police my clothes a lot. It was a lot I couldn't wear. It was a lot I couldn't do. Um, you know, don't wear this, it's too it's too tight, it's too short, it's too low, it's too this, it's too that. And I was like, did y'all ever have a conversation with my brother? A simple conversation, don't break with me. And they were like, mm, no. That's deep. I asked my brother, I said, you know, did mom and dad ever did mom and dad ever tell you or have a talk with you about specifically don't rape women? He was like, no. Did they ever talk to you about consent? Yes means yes. No. So the responsibility of protecting myself was always on me. And I've never understood that. Like, you know, we we police our girls. But we don't police. But we don't. We don't hold them accountable, though. We don't. We don't. And I tell people, don't have a conversation. I was telling my husband, like, we only have a daughter. And I was like, if we have a son, like, don't tell her about her clothes. Don't tell her about her makeup. Scooch is two. And she stays in my makeup. Don't tell her that she can't wear this. Um, Lip gloss, this eyeshadow. I don't care. Let her be a girl. Let her be a girl. But don't have a conversation with her about her makeup, her clothes, her hair, whatever, without having a conversation with our son about consent and not raping women. It's true. 
It's true. It's just one of... And I, I feel like it is. It's black horror. Mm-hmm. Because so many of... Well, I didn't experience it personally. I've been disrespected by a family member, so-called family member. But it was never to the point where I was actually raped. Mm-hmm. But definitely disrespected. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially Same. when I... Like, for instance, when I start, you know getting into my shape and start being shapely. I had a cousin to tell me, you should be a stripper. And I'm like, you telling me I need to be, a, I, I should be a stripper because of my butt and the, the size that it is. Like, despite the fact that I'm in college right now, despite the fact that I read books and my favorite pastime is reading books and right. shit, despite that, despite that I'm a creative, because I have all this ass, you gonna put me in a strip club. And ever since then, I don't even have a relationship with him now. Like I was turned off by that. Cause it's number one, the the fact that you even approached me on that mm-hmm. shit, it tells me that you looking at me in a way that you shouldn't be looking right. at me, and which is sick. And number two, it's like, but I'm more than that. I'm more than my looks. I'm do anybody ever. Like Martin Luther King say, you know, we need to we need to judge people by the content of their character. Have anybody mm-hmm. even checked my spirit? Have anybody even said, you know what, this girl is artistic? Mm-hmm. Let's look into that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's invest in that. But it was instantly as soon as I started growing into, you know, a woman and start getting breasts and hips, and it was. Oh, you got to watch out for Brie. Tell Brie don't get pregnant. Don't do this. My grandmother literally bribed me. And she told me, she said, Brie, if you do not get pregnant, your high school graduation, as soon as you walk off the stage, I'm going to give you $100. And she did just that. As soon as I walked off the stage in 2008 in high school, I got $100 in the envelope from my grandmother and said, congratulations, you're not pregnant. Wow. Not congratulations, you got a high school degree and B, and, and B, you uh, you on your way to college. It was congratulations, you are not pregnant. And I was like, okay, thanks. It had to be more to that. And that's the reason why I am the way that I am because I'm more than my sexuality. Mm-hmm. I'm more than my body. I always present my brain first and my mindset first before you see the way that I'm shaped. Always. If anything, I'm in a hoodie. And it's it's horrible that I even have this, but I'm in a hoodie and some sweats and I'm just chilling. I don't have no makeup on, but and it's and it's like, why do I even feel like this? Like, why do I feel like I shouldn't wear certain things because I want people to focus on my art. Right. But the fact that you have to like intentionally make those choices. Exactly. That is toxic mm-hmm. to me. But like you said, nobody ever had that conversation with my brother. Mm-hmm. The entire time my 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 grandmother is policing what I'm wearing and who I'm screwing. Mm-hmm. My brother had like three pregnancy school uh scares before he was even 18. And I'm like, every time something happens, I get on the phone, see? You weren't about me. Right. But you going to check him? Mm-hmm. Never. 
We do not hold these niggas accountable. Period. We don't. We don't. But there was also something drastic that happened near and dear to me. I'm not going to really tap into it, but it was somebody that, you know, dealt with being raped by someone that was close to the family. And everybody just just swept it under the, the rug. It happened to me twice. Mm-hmm. Family members being raped by a family member boyfriend. And you you still choose to be with this man. And you wonder why this woman is now still resenting you. Mm-hmm. It's because you didn't protect her. So now she feel like she can't trust you. And to me, it's like, that's not just a Tyler Perry movie, it's bro. Not. We've done a horrible job. That is real life for us. That is real life mm-hmm. for black women in our families. Mm-hmm. Get totally raped by mm-hmm. an uncle, a cousin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, men going to be men. Nigga. No. Because no. now, because he, he gets to be a man. Now I can't. I can't be the woman that I would have been had this not happened to me. I hate that. I hate that too. That's some bullshit. Like, that is total bullshit. I feel like as soon as that happened, God forbid if it happens, God forbid if it's still happening, if it does happen, you need to chastise that person. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like, they should be uncomfortable. Very. And if you have some ounce of scare, or if you still have an ounce of love for this individual, seek help. Yeah. And get to the bottom of it. Why did you feel the need to violate this person? Because the solution is not sweeping this under the rug. No, that's not a fucking solution. Yeah, we need to stop sweeping shit under the rug. And when somebody comes to you and they present their their story to you Mm -hmm. and they want to be up and honest with you, Mm -hmm. you should be all ears Mm -hmm. and open heart. Because that's how people carry that trauma with them. And you wonder why this woman have not lived up to her potential because she's still hurt from mm-hmm. shit that happened in her childhood. And it happens to men too. Mm-hmm. I have had um, a friend of mine um, raped by a guy. And he's a guy. And he was raped by a guy. Mm-hmm. And instead of everybody like chastising the person that did it, it's like, do them go to jail. So what did you expect from this person? Of course, it's and when I when I say the victim, mm-hmm. he's so messy. Gossip, gossip, star shit, star shit. It's like, what do you expect? That's the only time y'all hear him. Yep. Cause y'all y'all ignored this major thing. So I'ma just hit y'all with all the shit y'all won't ignore. Yeah, I think we need to start like listening to children. And protecting them. It's okay. Like you said, it's okay if my baby don't want to hug you. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not obligated to do so. And, I, and, and for a lot of girls, especially, I feel like that's where it starts. Like, you're forced to give people access to your body for so long. And then when, and then there's, like, no boundary of when this access, like, violates my personal space. Like, mm. Because we haven't, you know, we haven't set those boundaries. And so later on, 
you know, when grooming is like a huge thing. Yeah. And, you know, you've been like groomed for years and years and years. And then when your uncle, father, brother, like makes the real pass at you or rapes you or just violates you sexually or molests you in any kind of way, that's just what they've always done. Yeah. And even when you see it in the next generation, it's like, well, it happened to me and I'm okay. Mm. So she'll be fine. The fuck? Like, no, she won't. If you saw that, if you see what's, if you see what's happening, like, pull the shades off that shit. Exactly. Like, we gonna end that. End it. End it. Like, do not allow it to continue to grow. It's like a monster. It's just growing into a bigger monster. And you just allowing it to affect your family. Like, just go ahead and nip that in the bud. Period. And you never realize how deep that shit goes until you get older. Mm-hmm. And you just start to just kind of see that toxicity manifest itself in, like, your adult life. Or Like I was telling you before about, like, not having a voice as a child. And in my adult life, there have been so many times, even like in professional settings where I just wouldn't say anything or if there was a problem or an issue or a great idea or whatever, I wouldn't say anything. And, you know, someone else would like some other authority figure or person. Like I felt like I didn't I, I had no right to say or I had no right to voice my opinion. And so I'm, you know. 31 years old, just now figuring out, hey, like, you have a great opinion. You can say you have the right to give that opinion. Yeah. Say what you feel. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a good solution to a problem. And it wasn't always like that. And I'm still having to give myself permission to speak up. Mm. That shit sucks. It does suck. You know, and I'm just, I'm so, you know, envious of people who just naturally say or are able to just, you know, have these conversations and throw out these ideas and make these solutions. And I'm just like, oh, I wish I would have said something. I wish I would have spoke up. Maybe I would be getting a promotion. Or I, I learned this about myself a long time ago. Pretty much like in my, when I was about 23 years old, I had, you know, experienced a real relationship. A relationship that wasn't you know, the basic thing, like, oh, we go together. Mm-hmm. It was like, we he's driving my car. He's dropping me off of work. We damn near living together. Like, it was a relationship. Like, my first real relationship. And in that relationship, even though a lot of things were happening that made me very uncomfortable, I never spoke up. I never said anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not have a voice in that relationship. So now it's like, I can't even be friends with that person because he's not used to this Brie. Mm-hmm. Brie didn't have a podcast. Brie didn't have a platform where she was just vocalizing her ideas and her creativity. Mm-hmm. So now, not only am I doing that on, um, you know, the Brie Moore Productions uh, platforms, but it's also in my personal life. Mm-hmm. I tell a person in the, in the quickness, like, do not fuck with me. You got me fucked up. Mm-hmm. But when I was 23 years old and I'm in love, 
It's like, yo, I know this nigga ain't right. I know he's doing this. But you're not going to call him out. But I'm not going to call him out. And I'm like, what is this? Exactly. That's not our place. And it bothers me to the point I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I'm like, I know I should be saying that. So when I caught on to that, I'm like, bruh. You cannot uh, continue to allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta express yourself. You gotta get it off your shoulders. And if it falls into an argument, so the fuck what? Because now that individual knows how you feel and where you stand. Mm-hmm. So when I do create my boundary, you already know you know fucked up. So the next step is silent treatment. Cool. Because we don't have this this thing. But if you don't want to provide a, a, a solution to it, I'm I'm gone. But now you know why I'm gone. Yep. So when I seen that and I'm like, I'm not really sleeping because this is really bothering me. I promised myself. I vowed to myself. I would never be in another relationship. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, a romantic relationship or a friendship or even the relationship that I have with my mama. If I feel like I am being provoked and you getting on my nerves or you know we just in a sour place I need to speak on it period because it it only affects me in the long run and I learned that with now being a mama like if a Johnny feels some type of way, like if he tell me, mama, I don't feel like going out tonight. Cool. We going to stay in the house. <laughs> and so now nah, get your motherfucking ass up and get mm-hmm. your motherfucking clothes on. And we gone. Like, mm-hmm. nah. I mean, I'm saving mm-hmm. money. He don't feel like doing nothing. We good. Or, you know, Johnny, are you, are you tired? Like, were you stressed out today? Like, what's going on? Talk to me. I'm sleepy. Usually he just be tired. Like he just be sleepy. And I respect that. Like it's okay to respect your children, people. Get these naps in. Right. And that's another big thing. Just having respect for your children. Sheesh. And and not let that threaten your parenthood. Oh my God. You ever heard this one? You the mama. You tell him. Yes. Like, I'm not threatened, but. I'm not threatened by my child like this. <laughs> yeah, she's two, but I still respect that she don't want chicken nuggets tonight. Exactly. Y'all, we got to take a quick break. We've been talking. We've been talking, but this is a conversation that needs to be had. But we got to give a shout out to our sponsors and we'll be right back. Okay, Dallas, here's an opportunity for you to learn how to protect yourself by any means necessary, by using a gun or by using your hands. There's an event that's taking place on March 28th and the 29th at the Eagle Gun Range in Louisville, Texas. It is the Survivor of the Fittest Boot Camp, and this event provides LTC training, first aid CPR training, and defense training, which is also hand combat. And you will also receive gifts and lunch and breakfast is provided. This event is presented by the Eagle Gun Range and CPR with Dietra. Here's an opportunity for you to learn how to not only operate a gun, but also use your hands to protect yourself. These type of events are very important in our community. So many women and also our men do not know how to protect themselves. And 
also know the laws of protecting yourself as well. So this is a very important event. And I highly suggest that everybody sign up to participate in this event so you can get certified to carry a handgun and also certified to operate CPR on someone that's in need. Again, this is the survival of the fittest boot camp and it will take place on March 28th and the 29th at the Eagle Gun Range in Louisville, Texas. To learn more about this event and to purchase your tickets, you can visit the show notes. And in the show notes, there's a link. All you have to do is click on that link and it will take you directly to the website. Again, look in the show notes. And in the show notes, there is a link. And with that link, you go straight to their website so you can learn more about this event. And you can also sign up as well. Y'all get protected. Knowledge is power. Peace. You guys, we are back with the Free More Productions podcast. And I am here with my girl, Candice. And we are talking about the toxic black family. Like, we are really laying shit out. And it got so real. We went over. But it's okay. You know, I'm cool with having this conversation because I feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I hope that the listeners, you know, actually learn from it and actually make, you know, positive changes in their lives and be like, you know what? I fucks with that. And I wasn't going crazy. I can't tell my granny she got me fucked up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I told my granny that two months ago. I believe you. Just like that. Granny, you got me fucked up. I didn't say it like that. I, you, I know you did. But I was just I like, y'all, I was like, what's wrong with you? Are you all right? Like, what's going on? I still haven't had a conversation with her like I want to because I'm not ready for it because I don't want to be disrespectful. There's a there's a difference between, like, presenting your, your argument and being disrespectful versus presenting your argument and actually, like, being respectful and uh, moving forward. And I'm trying to find ways to, like, have those conversations with people that hurt me mm-hmm. and not be disrespectful. Yeah, because there's a way. You can. You can definitely have a conversation with somebody without without being disrespectful. I think the main thing is to make sure that you're you're talking in a just in a space where you're not angry. Yes. I cannot talk to people while I'm angry. No, no, no. No. So just knowing that, you know. I don't think it's. Hey, healthy hey, to I do so talk to you about such and such you know and it can be as simple as hey granny you know i recorded this podcast episode the other day and it's, we were talking about you know you know toxicity in the black family she's like what you talking about okay well granny this is what we talked about and from my experience with you blah 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 this is something that i felt was toxic growing up and but i want to correct it i want us to talk about it and i want us to correct it yes we gotta correct it and it's okay like, it's okay to say, Granny, look, you know, this happened in my childhood. I didn't have a voice at the time, but now that I do, I want to address this. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about respecting children. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when we respect children, it gives them the access to grow in positive environments where they can live up to their potential Mm -hmm. because you never know you might be raising the next president but because you suppress his emotions and his voice he Mm -hmm. he loses that talent 
And I think a lot of us need to realize that, like, when you suppress your child of expressing themselves, they hold on that resentment, that resentment, and then they carry it on to their adulthood. And now they don't know how to function in relationships because the people that were supposed to feed this hunger, feed the uh, the creativity, feed the love for whatever they have. It's like now they don't trust nobody. And that you are hurting an in, an innocent individual. Just think about this. Just think about this. Just I want everybody to just stop and close your eyes, like right now. Just think about this. Your child is eventually is going to be somebody, wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, and you have literally suppressed this this little boy, this little girl from being them true selves. So now when they in relationships, it's hard for them to, one, to express themselves in a positive way without getting into an argument. Mm -hmm. Two, to create boundaries or even respect boundaries because they feel like as soon as another individual present a boundary to them, it's disrespectful or, you know, it can be an argument. And everything is not a fucking argument, people. Why do we associate kids expressing themselves would be in disrespectful. We automatically feel like you what you mean you letting a Johnny express himself. He ain't he, you just gonna let him disrespect you just gonna let when, at what point did expressing yourself just automatically mean I'm trying to be disrespectful. And I think a lot of that is because maybe that's what they would have done. Mm -hmm. Or that's or that's how they would have communicated. Mm -hmm. But you have to teach your kids how to communicate in a way that's respectful. Express yourself in a way that's healthy. And maybe, you know, maybe our old heads didn't have that. I don't think... I don't think a lot of them did, though. Because if they did, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not healthy. They didn't have... You know, and if you look at a lot of creatives in the past, most of them ran away from home. Mm -hmm. You know, I, just about everybody ran away from home because it was either your creativity is not going to pay you and, you know, you got to be a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer. And it's like, nah, nah. Allow your children to be who they are. Maybe those are the only options for you. See, that's what that's one thing that because I I feel like everybody have a purpose, and I would hate to be the reason why my son feel like he wasn't successful. Mm -hmm. I think about that all the time. I think about a Johnny sitting down in an interview, and somebody ask him, "How was your childhood?" And he's like, uh, well, my mom, you, and just saying all this negative shit, mm -hmm. I'm like, that would fucking kill me. Mm -hmm. But you got some parents out here. You call up a granny right now. Well, I did the best that I could. And it's like, but did you? <laughs> did you? Did you really granny? Yo, it's our slave mentality, if you ask me. And if we consider ourselves as free we need to start living like it 
I feel like a lot of us don't feel like we're free Mm -hmm. because that mindset was passed down for so many generations. It's like, if you, as soon as you cross that water and you land on this land, you already know you are just property. You don't have access to a lifestyle. You don't have access to, you know, having your own. You can't even keep, you can't even keep your own kids. Like Mm -hmm. you can't even get married really. And if you do get married, it's only on the benefit to, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure that the cotton still get picked. And, you know, it's for business purposes. They'll make a good couple. They can marry. They'll have stronger kids. Why not? But if you don't have access to that, then that mentality is, like, passed on from generations to generations. And it's time for us to wake the fuck up and be like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm telling, this is my message. All 2020. Black people, we know how to survive. If we don't know how to do nothing else, we know how to survive. We are very resilient. It is time for us to live. Reap what we sow. And it's okay to reap it, you know? Like, it's okay. But these, these type of conversations need to be had before we can even move forward. Let's talk about religion. Don't see religion is a very uh <laughs> religion is a very like touchy subject. It's very touchy because I think now a lot of old heads feel like we are walking away from the church, but we it's not that. I think we are walking away from we're walking away from habits. Mm. We're walking away from traditions. And this is something I talked to my brother about a lot. My brother's a minister. He's young. He's under 30. But he's a minister. And, you know, we talk a lot about stuff that's just tradition versus stuff that's actually biblical. And a lot of it is just habit, you know, Um, just the way that we do church and the way that we view church. And if you've only seen it, if you've only experienced it one way, and that way just didn't sit with your spirit right, then yeah, why would you stay in that? So that so a lot of that is why you see a lot of people, you know, saying, you know what, just church ain't for me. Religion ain't for me. But they've only seen it one way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I get that. I get that. Um, But I think those people are not denouncing God. mm -hmm. They're not denouncing the spirit of God. They're not not saying, I don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. I think they are saying, I don't believe in the church. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we got to respect that. Big difference. That's a huge difference. huge difference. And I do respect it. You know, I have conversations with people all the time. And they're like, you know, you you should be agreeing a lot with people that don't go to church and that don't have no religion and don't believe in God. And I'm like, but you got to understand their perspective. Like, you know, as somebody that's, you know, pretty heavily involved in the church, like, I got to know where you're coming from. Not so I can just like Bible thump you and like walk you back to Jesus, but just let me see where you're coming from because it it'll it'll allow me to check myself because the black church got some toxic behavior and some toxic habits too. And 
I've learned them because I've, you know, I grew up in a church, so I've naturally learned all of these, you know, toxic behaviors. What is the toxic? And, and if I'm not, and if I'm like feed into those, then I need to know. So that's why I love having those conversations with people, so I can just kind of see where I'm messing up at. Yeah. Um, you know, so just kind of correct those behaviors. I know, you know, a lot of things are like, um, let me see, toxic church behaviors. I feel like judgmental like that's a huge one the 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 um the the inferior superior complex is definitely in the church for sure i think you know what do you mean by that i feel like if anybody had like a i feel like the like the 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 attendees the the church members only have the right to like give a testimony, mm -hmm. right? I don't think they would have the opportunity to really get up and preach because I feel like growing up that was disrespect. It was disrespectful to even like get in the in the pew, like it to get in the what is the section where the the pastor preach? Oh, pulpit. Yeah, it was even like this. You kind of step in that area, mm -hmm. so I feel like if somebody like overstepped their boundary and even tried to make a decision that was a quotation powerful decision is put on as being disrespectful and I feel like sometimes in church you don't necessarily have some churches not all churches because I feel like a lot of churches are advancing and they are seeing a lot of people pull away from the church, not from God, but from the church. So I feel like a lot, as a business should, a lot of churches are, you know, stepping up and presenting new ideas and new structures and new ways to, you know, hold this space. But I have been in churches where members didn't really have a say so. This was like, I've experienced that too. This is what it is and this is what it ain't. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how are we evolving as Christians? Mm -hmm. If you say we are Christians, like how are we evolving? Because even Jesus, you know, evolved, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I've experienced church where, you know, members, I mean, to some degree you had to say, but like the major decisions, you know, you didn't really know where, where your money went to. And then I've experienced that. And then, you know, now I attend a church where, you know, I can walk into our business meeting every quarter and I know exactly where every dollar is going to. I remember seeing it on a spreadsheet, like up on the big screen where all the money was going. And for the first time in my life, I saw a line that said savings, mm. like checking in savings. And I was like, wow. We got money, it's like savings, and then you have people that's like, why your church got a savings account? Like, why y'all they should money? I'm like, don't you have a savings account? And people be like, well, I don't think it's like that. These pastors be you know riding around in these cars, and their members got you know they driving around in these old cars. Well, that's like a stewardship problem. Just because you don't know how to handle your money, and your pastor do like. I definitely feel like Jesus had, if Jesus was walking on this earth right now, he'll definitely have a savings account. He would have to say, I feel like Jesus would have a savings account and I feel like he wouldn't be riding around in a raggedy car. Mm -mm. He was already naturally a hustler. You got to get right. up and you got to move around. You got to go to different cities to get this message like, out. I'm on the move. Yeah. I'm on the go. Yeah. And I can't be on the go. He didn't, he didn't sit on praying hands. Mm -mm. 
And that's a, that's what a lot of people need to understand. But do not uh, like disrespect somebody just because you know they don't go to church anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, like really sit down and like give that person the opportunity to voice how that's they feel. You know, so what? You know what made you feel away? Yeah, that's it. Was it something that you know? Was it something that was done to you? Was it something that was said? Do you not agree with? And you're not gonna agree with your pastor on everything. You're not see your pastor. Like as much as I love my church, there's a few things that you know. Just personal preference that me and my pastor don't agree on, and that's fine. It's some things me and you won't agree on, and that's fine. And I don't know. I just yeah, you have but... to give people a chance to you know give people the space to say you know where those mindsets come from, and just have that open dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I when I told a family member that, you know, I haven't been to church in a while. And they're like, what? Why you ain't going to church? Uh, you, you know, know God is the right. way. And you I'm like, I'm mad at you, right? Right. I know God is the way. I still mm-hmm. pray to God. I still have a personal relationship mm-hmm. to God. But when I decided not to go to church, I wanted to get to God myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want a third party. I wanted to go directly to mm-hmm. the source. Like, Talk to me, please. I don't want to have to wait until Sunday mm-hmm. to feel enlightened spiritually. So that was my reason. But some of us don't even give that opportunity, get that opportunity to even like vocalize that. It's just eh. Because they only know how to do church one way. You go in there and you sing all them hymns and you shout on the front row and they put that little <laughs> that little sheet thing over your legs because you your skirt too short. <laughs> and you gotta you gotta do a whole bunch of yelling and falling out all over all over the pews and no yeah somebody Take said some collections do communion <laughs> come back for a second service for communion because it was the Lord oh Sunday. my God breakfast girl what? somebody said on YouTube like once he realized that every single church was the same way he start questioning it like is this like a broadway play mm-hmm. where people rehearse and then you give the mm-hmm. script to a, a another pastor and that pastor pass along the mm-hmm. same script and you've only done church one way a lot of these a lot of these old southern baptist preachers these black ones baby a lot of black churches you can, i can get a rundown right now for the whole order of service we done seen it on social media in these um, parodies. Mm-hmm. And they be spot on. Spot because on. that's the only way that we've known to do church. So we think that, that you know, this is the only way this got to be. Since this is how we've always done it, it's got to be right. No, not necessarily. So let's wrap this up. Here are our solutions. Hold people accountable. Please hold people accountable for their mistakes, their actions. Please. That is very important. No more secrets. No more more dark, deep, detrimental (laughs) secrets. Like, no, don't do that. Let that go. 
allow your children to be respected and have a voice. That is totally fine. And it's okay for us to create new traditions. And establish healthy boundaries. Mm. It's okay to agree to disagree, but make sure that you establish a healthy boundary of what you'll of what you'll accept and what you want. Therapy is okay. Therapy is absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. Have very hard conversations. I like the fact that you say, don't have a conversation when you're angry. No, Let it die down and then address it. I heard on another podcast recently when you're having like an altercation with someone. Step away, but go back to that person within 24 hours. Because any longer than 24 hours, you know, if you just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, then you're just allowing yourself opportunity for all that stuff to just kind of build back up. So if you have to step away, step away, but agree to come back together with a resolution within 24 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Have an open heart and an open mind for sure. Because what we are dealing with now, y'all didn't deal with it in the past. We don't have the same struggles. We have different circumstances. We have access to a lot, mm-hmm. but there's still a struggle. So respect it. Don't dismiss it simply because we had it harder than y'all. We didn't have this and that and this and that. Y'all got it good. Nah, baby, we still got our struggles. And I would say another thing, my last thing, I would say, try our best to heal childhood traumas. I'm working on mine right now. Facts. I think we all should, though. It is okay to do so. It's okay to, like, go into your mind and sit down in your library and open up files and solve cold cases because that's exactly what it is. It is definitely a cold case. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to like address it. It's okay. Do you have anything else to say? That's it. Those are some good solutions. I feel like I need to go. I got to go mend some relationships today. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said in the... um... No, this is it. Bree said it is tonight. It is tonight. All 2020, we are advancing. And not apologizing for it. If you don't want to eat meat no more, that's cool. Go to your Thanksgiving dinner and you sit there proudly with all your eat, your uh, meat eating family members. You know, I want something better for myself. I am detoxing. Bring a vegan dessert. Right. And it's okay. And family, don't be, you know, high side and making fun of people because they want to do better. So what if your little cousin is working on her credit score? Let her. She deserved that. We deserve good credit. I'm tired. We should be tired of struggling, bro. Not just financially, but emotionally. We should be tired. We know how to survive this shit. Let's live, people. Let's live. So tell people how they can follow you on social media and also talk about your business. Okay. Um, 
So for all of you entrepreneurs that are just starting out, I have a consultant agency called Studio 2020. You can find me on Facebook, Studio 20, Studio number 20, Word 20, or on Instagram at Studio number 20, Word 20. And I can help you get your business right. Um, and if you're listening, if you use, um, you can book directly from my Facebook and Instagram. And if you use promo code Bree, you'll get 50% off of select services. Hey, I got a promo code. You got a promo code. Hey, I done made it. Nigga, we made it. Hey. Hey, so make sure you use your promo code Bree, please. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Bree More Productions, that is fresh and new because now we want to show you guys how we live in. And also subscribe to our website as well. And you can also subscribe to the podcast so you can get notifications as soon as there's a you know an episode drop, you'll be one of the first to know. Support, support, support. Again, y'all might be tired of Oh my gosh, everybody doing podcasting. Oh my God, everybody doing YouTube. Oh my God. So what? We fine. need all it's hands. money out here for everybody. Oh my goodness. We need all hands on deck because believe it or not, and I keep saying this too, we do not own now, in, not no, now. We don't own now one industry in this country in this country so we need all hands on deck so you make sure you support all black platforms period thank you guys so much for listening until next time peace peace